the stars above Grateful that the seasons come Blessings, great health and cheese Thanksgiving is the time of year That brings us joy And removes all fear back with another edition of the pro football jokes podcast special shout out to scott messina thank you for reminding us about all this all the great things happening this time of year be thankful for all that we have be thankful for football on the tv and of course being thankful for a lions victory as those come around oh a lot less often than i would like but of course my name is jump i'm happy to be here we have a great lineup today. We have the freaking beast himself on the pod, as always. Alex, how you doing, my man? Uh, well, I was doing pretty good before you reminded me of that uh, that football team game. But uh, yeah, you know, it was it was great to hear. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving song, uh, best holiday, obviously. Uh, food, football, uh, still still a week away, but uh, we're we're already in that spirit. Absolutely. We got to get in that spirit and in a spirit that is uh, hard to be matched, mind you. Absolutely. Uh, we also have Pep, Pep here on the show. Pep, how the Pep are you? I'm pepping around and I'm here just so I don't get fined. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you here. Uh, more than I could say for you guys than I could say for our unpaid intern who no shows after a tough loss for his team. But we do have a guy here who's a fan of a team that he claims has a top two defense, and that is Screwballs. Screw, how you doing, my man? That's a top two defense. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just to correct you. But That's yeah, it. I'm ready to talk some football. I'm thankful. It's the spe- most special time of the year. You, know, you got to give thanks. It's just couldn't be in a better mood to talk some football. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into it. We are thankful for many things like watching a football team play against another football team and one of the football teams winning the game. But their team name happens not to be football team, but the Lions defeating the Washington football team led by Alex Smith. Uh, not really a back and forth game. It was just a one direction completely in the opposite direction. And then a miracle that saved Jack's uh, heart. But uh, let's, let's talk with those uh, football team fans. I know it was not the ending result that you want, but do you have confidence in your quarterback of the future now? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, we talked about this on the last podcast, but you know, Alex went uh, 38 of 55, if I'm wrong there. But he did attempt 55 passes. That's Scotty Turner's offense to a T. This is a quarterback, I feel like, that that knows the offense well. Uh, he came back, and the team tied it up to 27. And then, of course, that Matt Prater field goal broke our hearts. But um, we were saved we were saved by Daniel Jones defeating the Eagles, and I'm sure we'll go back into that at some point. But, uh, you know, going forward, I, I really do have optimism for this team and the way the offense can be run with Alex Smith. And I think it was just uh, really good to see him leading the the league this week in passing yards, 390 yards. It's really good stuff. Yeah, it was a career high for him in passing yards. Uh, yeah, I think it's encouraging 
performance by Alex Smith. Uh, he at least looks like uh, like a clearly a massive improvement over Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he looks kind of like the old Alex Smith, maybe not quite like. I mean, he had the one like ridiculous year with the Chiefs, and then for the rest of his career, you know, he's just been kind of average, and that's kind of what he looks like with uh, with this football team. Uh, so, I mean, that's good that he's back, you know, at least close to where he was prior to the injury. Um, so, I, I think you know, this is a this could be at least a decent decent offense. Uh, the defense is still good, not great, where we kind of hoped it would become a great defense, but uh hasn't quite blossomed into that um but you know this is a bad nfc so uh they still have a chance uh definitely a heartbreaker to see them lose like in that fashion that freaking roughing the path called by chase young come on man gotta you gotta be smarter than that come on man oh man and and see he knew he wanted to play for the lions too i wanted so badly to draft him at number three and he so badly wanted to play for the Lions, and he showed it for us on that play. So uh, shout out to Chase Young. Thanks for that guy. Hats off to the Lions, though. Man, Hats it was, off to the Lions. It was, they, they, they played a great game. Except for the third quarter. We played a <laughs> solid game. <laughs> you removed the third quarter where we were a dumpster. Uh, we played all right. Uh, what cracks me up the most, though, is when they had that uh, face mask that they threw the flag for but never announced. Uh which I'm not necessarily against them picking back up. But as soon as they threw that flag, I looked at my wife and I said, they're going to pick that flag up. <laughs> like, as soon as I saw the play, I knew I was like, the lions don't get bailed out like that. Are you kidding me? I remember when we almost looked at uh, Aaron Rodgers' face mask. So he got another chance at a Hail Mary. I remember that one. That one was fun. Yeah, I was like, this, doesn't, pick that one up. this doesn't go in our favor. here. <laughs> <laughs> But thankfully, we did get the late hit by Chase Young, and it straight up was a late hit. I mean, he took two, easily two, if not three steps, and gave a shove. It wasn't the hardest late hit, but uh, was just a boneheaded play at the worst possible time for a football team fan. But uh, pretty thrilling. Yeah, hey, that's growing pains. That's growing pains, and you get through it. And I, I try to look at the positives of that game from the football team. Um, I also started TJ Hawkinson in a lot of DraftKings lineups because I thought the tight end would just rip us. But no, it was DeAndre Swift. It was Marvin Jones. It was, you know, they're they're spreading the ball around. And, you know, good on them. Good on them. Yeah, Marvin Jones had Marvin Jones had a nice game and Stafford looked uh, a little bit better overall for us, which is nice not being quite as as boneheaded um, as he had the last couple weeks, making a couple uncharacteristic mistakes. DeAndre Swift really got a chance to run. I was hoping for AP to do some stuff, you know, revenge game there, but he only got a couple carries, did all right. And, and but Swift had a nice, nice game, which makes me think, man, if he would have just caught the ball week one, how much more Swift would we have seen already? But uh, he looks like the, the best second round running back we've drafted so far, which isn't necessarily saying all that much, but it is saying something. And it was definitely a back and forth. Like the Detroit defense was kind of, you know, letting the Washington move the ball all day, dinking and dunking and just a couple random fumbles, turnovers here um, really helped the Lions um, build that lead that we quickly gave up very much like so against the Bears where our second half adjustments are basically what are we doing well what are they doing well? How can we help them do what they're doing well uh, and then even open up some more stuff? So we need to actually make better adjustments so we don't give up three quick touchdowns like that. But uh, thankfully, we were able to 
pull this one out so Jack didn't lose his mind uh, too badly. But it's nice to see Marvin Jones getting some more of a run. So when Kenny Galladay comes back, hopefully they'll still have that great uh, one-two punch at receiver. But honestly, I came away pretty impressed uh, by that uh, Washington uh, defense. I think you guys have a really good defense going forward, and that offense might be able to do some stuff. Yeah, I think all our like main pieces looked good. Terry had, had a pretty nice game. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a very nice game. Uh, J.D. McKissick played all right. Cam Sims flashed in some spots. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's, there's definitely pieces moving forward. Uh, just uh, I, I don't know that Alex Smith is necessarily the quarterback of the future here. Yeah, Alex, it's I'm almost you know right now that if the Redskins beat the Steelers and their undefeated streak, I'm not coming on this podcast ever again. Listeners, let that be known 200 to zero. No more chopping block ever. <laughs> you know, I'll, I, I will come and I'll do a chopping block all about how amazing the Redskins are. The, whoa, 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 whoa! The football who, team. Who, who are these? Oh, football the football team. team. Uh, yeah. Oh, see, yeah, I thought. Team. Okay, I, I got confused for a second. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. he. We don't have to worry about him because the he he'll be on the podcast because the Redskins can't beat the Steelers. They're not a <laughs> team anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be nice. They, they got they got some stuff going on. But uh, the only thing that would have helped the um the football team is honestly if they would have planned that. Man, having a 36-year-old quarterback coming off a major leg injury, it'll be a nice kind of stopping gap. But if they would have used some draft capital to really invest in a younger quarterback that they could be molding and developing would be – I mean, they'd actually be kind of set. They'd be looking nice in a weak division if they had that. Yeah, I I always wonder if – what if we had drafted Josh Rosen? But, you know, those trades <laughs> are behind me. and. What we have to do is keep pushing on and looking forward, and I think uh, each each week they're they're gonna show some progress. And scary Terry, I think uh, building off of Alex's point, seeing everybody get involved, even Logan Thomas, uh, I, I I think minus all the fifty five passing attempts, just good to see everybody get involved in that offense. And um, I was very pessimistic about Scotty's offense, but. Uh, going forward, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm still going to stick with my overreaction last week. I think we still have a shot at this division. Uh, definitely not at the wild card. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a, a bloody battle to the division title. Yeah, And um, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited, honestly. So when, when yeah. Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in your division, you guys are always still in the running <laughs> to win the division. <laughs> Well, I don't watch much ESPN, but, you know, that's what they're saying right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he's the best rushing quarterback in the division, okay, fine. I, I'm cool with that. But I'm sure our listeners have had enough of the NFC East for now. Well, yeah, we'll come back and actually hit that uh, playoff preview a little bit later because it is one of the interesting divisions. It's a tight race, even though it's not a, a pretty one. But there was another game that uh, one of the people here on the pod would be excited to talk about. And this is the Steelers against the Bengals, the battle uh, there. I mean, it's always generally a hard-fought game, but in this one, it was really easily one-sided. Uh, what were some of your big takeaways from the game there, Drew? Well, I think we beat them 11 times in a row now. 
I think the last time we <laughs> lost to them was 2015. So I don't know if they've really been close. I know. I never said close. I said they they fight hard in the in they the. They do. In the I mean, games. it's a it's divisional a rivalry. It's a, it's. It, I feel like it's gotten a little less volatile than it has been in previous years. Ever since Vontes kind of left. <laughs> Not saying it's all because Vontes, but I think like the rivalry has like become less violent, which is good for both teams. Um, I feel like. Our de- uh, they didn't convert on a single first down or third down all game. I think they were 0 for 14 or something like that. So that will contribute to losing. <laughs> and uh, I think our wide receiver core is like ridiculously well balanced. I think like we have like a great deep threat and chase. I have like a amazing short yardage receiver Deontay. Juju's like all reliable, like always converting third downs and our like fourth string receivers James Washington and. Ray Ray McLeod, who are both pretty good. Um, our run game is like super suspect. I think we're the only team to ever win three games in a row with under 50 yards rushing in each of the three games. So that's impressive. I think we got to work on that. Uh, like the Bengals did like load up the line and kind of force us to throw, but I feel like playing like, better decision. teams like the Chiefs. When you're playing like the Chiefs, you can't just like ha- only have a pass game. You have to be able to run it and stuff like that. So I think that's something that the Steelers are going to need to work on. But I think. Overall, the defense is looking really good. I think next week is like a super draft game because we lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars like every single time we play them. So that's <laughs> really getting Jake me nervous. Luton, dude. <laughs> what was that? Watch out for Jake Luton. Dude, I'm, I'm honestly – I think of it like there's one game that we're like going to lose. It's going to be this one. I'm so, I'm so worried. Yeah, I think the X factor in this game was, you know, the Bengals need help. Uh, they need help in a lot of places. But maybe in the secondary, they could have covered the receivers better. You just got to wonder if Pac-Man Jones was there, you know, just to get some personal <laughs> fouls and <laughs> make this game a 40-point push, game. Let us push, push Joey Porter around on the field a few times. Yeah, yeah, just, just you know, get in their heads a little bit. So I actually have a, have a question here. Watching Big Ben, obviously, he had a great day throwing four touchdowns, uh, and it was fun to see him kind of being back there. But I'm curious – who do you guys think would win in a foot race between Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers? Oh my god, I think Ben would win. Ben, ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Ben's not like the worst runner. Like he's, he's very slow, but <laughs> Philip Rivers is just ungodly like, slow. He like, maybe now, but <laughs> like, he used to be like very like shifty yeah. across the field and stuff. Like, that was his thing. Well, he was like you run about today. If you line them up and said run a forty yard dash, <laughs> I don't need. I don't think either of them make it. <laughs> I, I think I think Philip Rivers would win because here's what would happen. Ben Roethlisberger is winning for the first 25 yards. Then he injures his shoulders somehow, breaks his hip, <laughs> and then just like injures his knees at the same point somehow. Yeah, that that that's what Ben Roethlisberger would do. He would like start off like in, injure himself. Like <laughs> Philip Rivers would get a big lead, and Big Ben would be like, "Oh no, I'm good. I can finish." And then he would catch Philip Rivers and beat him. And be like, "Yeah, I played through the pain." <laughs> <laughs> well that was the thing like uh nate burlinson was saying he was watching the steelers game against the Bengals, and like ben got like hit and then he like started like rubbing his shoulder and he's like uh-oh ben's gonna start playing football now because ben like <laughs> tends to play good after he's like be- like pretends to be hurt or some shit he's like ah i'm hurt oh my god it's, it's like that it's like that thing it's like call an ambulance call an ambulance <laughs> not for me not for me <laughs> Oh gosh! Yeah, no. I I think please get back out here. Please get back out here. Mason's in right now. We got we got to get you back out here. My leg's broken, Coach. No, I get get like 
I get horror flashbacks when I see Mason Rudolph. I'm just like, oh, my heart starts to hurt. I don't like to look at him. <laughs> I think, honestly, but, I mean, Alex Smith could still beat Ben Roethlisberger in a foot race. And Alex oh, Smith looks super sure. slow. <laughs> could definitely beat him. Um, I mean, all all three Steelers, like major Steelers receivers, all had over 20 points in fantasy this week. Juju, Deontay, and Chase. Yep. Looking good. Right, I got nervous. I got to add two more to this foot race thing. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. I I I think yeah, I think Drew Brees might might be the winner there. With a punctured lung. Oh, <laughs> yeah, even with, even with the punctured <laughs> lung. <laughs> uh, well, how about we throw in Lamar Jackson doing bear crawl <laughs> every time? He's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady against Ben Roethlisberger would be one of the funniest races you'd ever see. That's a pro. That should be a Pro Bowl event. I know they're doing it online, but they got to have somewhere they could do that. That would be great. Yeah, you just see both of their old bodies just crumbling. <laughs> What's crazy is I think Tom's like five years older than Ben too. I think Tom would win that one. Yeah. I would. I would put the bet on Tom. I have no good reason for it, but yeah, yeah, I I think you would too. It's it's wild. See, these are the important questions. You only you only learn these things here at the Pro Football Jokes podcast. So I'm <laughs> glad you guys tuned in to get our breakdown of analysis of these uh, things. So I apologize for a little bit of a detour there, but clearly it was vital to the show. Any other things we want to hit on that Steelers Bengals game? Burrow is still alive. It's good. He's alive. Yeah, yep. banged up ankle because. Reeves going after Bud Dupree for the late. Bud Dupree. <laughs> I mean, did you think he was pushing? I didn't think it was that bad. I think they were just kind of like I running mean, it was, the sideline. Yeah, no, I I didn't think it was it was that bad. It was a late hit. It was a push, but I, it happens all the time. It's not a big deal. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think the Steelers are better than the Bengals. That's a we we, we finally have that answer. Ooh, that's, that's a that's a bold take. Uh, I do. I already mentioned reference the Drew Brees injury. I want to hit that more and fully here in just a second. But before that, I realized we forgot one of the most vital things from the football team versus Lions game. The thing that transformed our entire viewing experience had nothing to do with on the field, but everything happening in the booth. We had our man Akib Talib. Oh yes. <laughs> We had a key to leave in the booth. I have my thoughts. I feel very strongly about this, but before I share those, I want to hear what you guys thought about a key. Dude, he was, he was fantastic. It was like, he had no idea. He had no preparation for this at all. Like he, it wasn't like he didn't know football. Like he knew, he knew football. He just like had zero prep. It was like, you. I felt like I just like walked into a bar and sat next to this guy who, uh, you know, just wanted to talk my ear off about the game and sometimes didn't really have anything to say, but felt like he needed to talk anyway. But it was great. It was very entertaining. I'm, I, I'm with you. I think he was freaking amazing. It was so fun for all those reasons. It's like you're just sitting watching football with the guy. And he's, again, the no preparation. He's talking into the next play because he's just kind of, you know, sharing some of his thoughts. He's he's kind of, I liked it kind of his loose, just being himself kind of atmosphere. You know, he wasn't really being too reserved he was having a good time going out there and sharing and i loved 
honestly the way he talked like he was rooting for Alex Smith uh, he was rooting for the guys that he knew but he wasn't like weirdly biased about calling the game it seemed like he just kind of was rooting for his guys and he just wanted a good football game like you could tell he was so excited when it got close and stuff was happening he's just like I love football and I, I, I just kind of enjoyed his energy it was so different and I think his co-commentator there they did a a good job together where he allowed uh, yeah. like a to be, do his thing without like making too big of a deal out of it. Dan Ellie, who, uh, who is a uh, Washington fan, by the way, and didn't, uh, didn't really show any bias in the game either. That's impressive. That's professionalism right there. Just like, just like we do here at pro football, yeah. <laughs> never any bias. <laughs> I, I thought he was funny, but like, if like, I wouldn't want him on like, I wouldn't want him commentating on like, a, imp- like an important game that was like <laughs> met stuff. I would be like, shut the f- please. Dude, I like I'm, I'm with I you. Curse. I, I think, I think it's a good, you know, good spot for him in like the one o'clock game. Oh my gosh. It was so perfect. And my favorite thing, cause he's a, he's a defensive back. So when they're throwing these like pass interference calls, even on the first touchdown by the lines, he's, He's a guy who gets turned around. Ah, I don't like that call, man. He just, like, it just <laughs> how no penalty ever happened on a defensive back was my favorite part of the game. That's just good coverage, man. <laughs> like even when his buddy in the booth is trying to say, oh, that's a lot of contact. He's like, no, that's not contact. That's good defense. I was like, keep to leave, man. True to yourself. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. You know what I want? My dream is for a keep to leave, Steve Smith and Michael Crabtree to be in the same booth together. <laughs> Can you imagine how awesome that would be? That would be great. They'd be ripping gold chains <laughs> off of each other, talking crap about each other's wives. I, the, it would be hilarious. I was about to say, the best thing, like you said, Alex, it's like you're in a bar, and this dude who obviously knows so much about football is a professional, very successful professional at that. So it's not like he's just making stuff up, but he's just he's in a new space that he doesn't fully understand, and he's just talking about stuff that comes to his mind. Uh, even like when he breaks down, he's like cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four. He's like, it's simple. You got one guy, two guys, three guys, four guys. Like, <laughs> yes, I love it. And then he, I also enjoyed uh, when he's like, my man, Jack, let's see what he can play. He's got here. Jack <laughs> likes to be aggressive. My man, Jack, come on. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, uh, yeah, I think he's perfect in those kind of fun, uh, football game atmospheres. Uh, that's awesome. But anyway, so that was that was one of my highlights for the week. Uh, but let's get back to some other major football uh, news from people playing the game, and that is Drew Brees going down with an injury. He continued after that big hit uh, for to finish up the series and then told Sean Payton that he couldn't continue, uh, which is odd for someone as established as Drew Brees. You know he's going to battle through, so you know he really is hurt. Uh, and then Jameis Winston comes in for the Saints. Do you guys feel better or worse for the Saints now that they have Jameis Winston, the passing leader from last year, at the helm? I'm, I don't I'm very feel worse, but you can go, Alex. No, no I, I was just going to say I was very excited to see Jameis, and I still am very excited to see Jameis, but I don't feel better. Like I think Drew Brees had really been playing much better recently, as I said, so I think I think Jameis is probably a downgrade, but I don't know. We'll we'll see how like this marriage works with Sean Payton because you know he's been calling conservative stuff with Drew Brees, and I don't know if Jameis is going to want to be conservative or he'll try to play conservative. If that'll work, so I, I just kind of want to see how it plays out. I hope it. I hope it doesn't. I hope he just is classic Jameis and is super aggressive. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it might be it might be perfect for Jameis because 
with Bruce Arians, he's like a little wild, and I think Jameis like might need someone just to like cool him down a little bit and like make him because if Jameis starts like throwing like tons of interceptions, I think Sean Payton's gonna like bench him pretty quick. So I think like having like structure for Jameis might actually be really good for him. Yeah, and I I think it from a fantasy perspective, right? Like <laughs> it might hurt Alvin Kamara owners because there were a lot of dink and dunks to Alvin Kamara. I'm sure they'll still run it with him. Uh, Latavius Murray might steal some carries. But with Jameis, you know he's going to grip it. You know he's going to rip it. And Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas owners, if they're still in the uh, playoff contention in their fantasy leagues this year, I think uh, they're, they're going to be very happy people. Um, and they'll change up their play calling for sure. Yeah, and I mean, this is why Jameis Winston wanted to go to the Saints. I mean, you see what uh, Teddy Bridgewater got to do in a, a small amount of action and the opportunity he earned himself through that. Jameis wants to really be able to show that he can be a competitive, good quarterback, uh, not just be known for all the crazy amount of turnovers, but actually be known for his production and his ability. And this is probably the best chance that he'll get to prove that and to earn the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for uh, another f- a team in the future, maybe even lead the Washington football team. I don't know how you guys would feel about that if after this year you guys got Jameis Winston. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be fun. I, I'd love that. I think like I, it, it would be a good, good, good time. I mean. be an even crazier version of having Kirk Cousins there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have a guy that just says, screw it, I'm going to throw the football, and here we go. And uh, it's kind of why you see guys like Chris Godwin uh, so high up on the fantasy charts um, when you're drafting and um, you're taking over a six and three football team, correct? Yeah. Yep. And this is like your chance. Like it's the Saints versus the Bucks at this point, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the Falcons just want to win out and – Falcon it up, then right. fine. But this is really a race between the Bucks and the Saints. And the, Bucks the Saints, already. what they need is like a big, big offensive push. Yep. And uh, I think their Sorry, passing Saints, game Saints is Saints are seven and two, not, not six and three. Mm-hmm. Seven and two. Thank you. Um, so it, this is a great opportunity. The, the Saints' next like few games are the Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, and Eagles. So I think, like, I feel like they can just rest Drew Brees, like with knowing that they'll probably be okay with Jameson for the next like four games, probably. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And this also kind of proves that Taysom Hill definitely can't throw the football. Uh, (laughs) In case anybody was curious if he was going to be the successor to Drew Brees. I mean, we already saw it last year when they, when Teddy Bridgewater came in and they just, they they didn't didn't even use Taysom Hill more. I think they used him less when when Teddy Bridgewater was there than when Drew Brees was in. So, yeah. That's all right. All right. So speaking of uh, this being a winning opportunity for Jameis Winston, uh, let's think about winners and losers across the league. This could be a team or a player, coach, fan base, whoever it is up to you. But let's focus on the winners first. Who is your winner from this week, Alex? Uh, my winner is uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, and this is uh, by virtue of him not playing. Um but really just the fact that the Bears offense is maybe the worst offense I've ever seen right now. <laughs> and you've watched a lot of like, the football team. 
<laughs> yep, yep. But I mean, they are even worse than the football team with Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> which is incredible. They had 149 yards of offense against the Vikings on Monday Night Football, and the Vikings are not a good defense right now. The they the the Bears had like 70 yards on their second drive, uh, so they got like half their yards on that one drive that they ended up scoring a field goal on. They got their they got one other field goal off the freaking interception that went off Adam Thielen's hands, and then they got a touchdown from the kickoff return. And those are all their points. So that it, it was just incredible how bad they were. And Pep and I were just laughing at just every play would just go for negative yards in the second half. <laughs> it was it was just befuddling to see how just how inept they were. I, I just couldn't, couldn't believe yeah, my eyes. Yeah, you're like at a loss for words, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mitchell Trubisky is the winner because it just proves that that whole team is bad and it may not be all his fault. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I think he, he might be the starter coming off the bye. We'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Nick Foles seemed to be pretty messed up there. I would, I would bet on him getting that jab. Yep. If he uh if he gets healthy, um, do you want me to pick my winner, Jack? Yes, sir. So my winner is going to be on the other side of the football, Kirk Cousins. So we talked a long time about how this is Dalvin Cook's football team. Now this is Dalvin Cook's football team, and the Chicago defense held him pretty well on Monday night. Uh, but Kirk, he he got his elusive Monday night football win. He kept control of that offense. He passed for nearly 300 yards. Uh, very happy for him. He's now 1-9 on Monday Night Football. Uh, good for him. And uh, just a just a good win by the Vikings where you didn't have to rely on the, the running game so much as, as much as uh, both defenses played very well. But Kirk had that game in his hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my winner kind of goes right along with yours is that uh, Justin Jefferson is awesome. He's just a he's just a winner. He needs to get the ball a whole heck of a lot more, in my opinion. They got some great playmakers on that Vikings offense. He's already getting the ball a lot. I know. I'd give them the ball so much more. <laughs> I mean, he still, what, had like eight catches in that game, nine catches. So, yeah, maybe it's not really feasible for in that game to get the ball more. He had two uh, less production games than times before, but it just was one of those things where when Cook was getting a little bottled up, and Thielen made some plays for sure, but his plays were making the catch, and that's where the play ended. Uh, whenever Justin Jefferson touched the ball, I just—I mean, he was electric. I mean, he would just turn on the Jets. He would push people forward. He'd get those extra few yards. Just a big-time playmaker in that game. So he just seemed like a winner. Just had a great game overall for the Vikings. Uh, yeah, and my my overreaction was actually – now I'll have to come up with another one. But uh, my overreaction was going to be that the Vikings just – clearly won this Stefan Diggs straight. And even though Stefan Diggs has been great on the bills, I mean, they may have, you know, it may have been a win-win, but the fact like Justin Jefferson is a, a clear asset upgrade over Stefan Diggs, not saying he's necessarily better immediately than Stefan Diggs. He might be like, they're very close right now, even though Stefan Diggs is like one of the best receivers in the league. Um, but the fact that he's on a rookie deal, they have him on a rookie deal for the next five years. Plus, they got more in that trade. They got a first and a second, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he's not unhappy and hating there and wanting to get out and be in a bad attitude. Yeah. So, 
it's uh, it, it's cl- it's clearly like they, they the Vikings. I mean, and technically they didn't get the same pick that that they used on Justin Jefferson for Stephon Diggs, but still, it's first round pick. It's you know, it yeah. was a few picks later. It's basically they they traded him. Yeah, no, they. I mean, it was a phenomenal trade, and the, it's funny that even knowing that the Bills would probably still make the same trade. That's how you know it's pretty awesome. Like it's an A plus for the Vikings, and it's like a solid B plus for the Bills. Yeah. All right, I'm ready for my for my winner. All right, who's All your right. winner? So my winner is the New England Patriots, because if there was any doubt before, it is now official that God just wants the Patriots to win this division. <laughs> it's like it is. It's a tough game against the Ravens, and they're at home, and then God just calls down a monsoon <laughs> the second the Ravens get the ball to try to tie it up. God's just like not today, and just brings it down on them. So, and that's key if like they want to win a wild card because it's looking like Steelers are going to win the division. So if the Patriots can win like pull a few games together, and it's between them and the Ravens for one of the wild card spots. They'll have the advantage. They'll have the tiebreaker. Well, even going back to God wanting them to win the division, their division rivals who looking like they may take it, the Bills, who are my loser of the week. Uh, <laughs> that's tough. That's a tough loss there. Missed the sack. And then uh, D-Hop goes up and kills you. And the funny thing is, I heard all the Bills players when they were walking off how much they hate Bill O'Brien. That's all they talked about as they walked out there. This should have never happened. He should never have been on the Cardinals. But uh, that's all right. Uh, so God's helping with the melon soon and with a Hail Mary to uh, help the Patriots moving forward. Play of the year right now, hands down. Do we have any other losers from the week? Yo, you guys want me to start? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Drew Locke, quarterback of the Denver Broncos. One touchdown, four interceptions. <laughs> Uh, got his butt kicked by the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, if there's any offense I hate watching more than the Bears, it's the Denver Broncos. Um, I, I just, I absolutely despise seeing them in my box when Scott Hansen puts them on. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke did not play a very good game. Neither did anybody else on the Broncos offense. So, Drew, it's not all on you. A little bit of it is on you because he threw four picks. <laughs> but uh, that's my loser of the week. I just I'm, – I'm glad I fell asleep on an airplane instead of watching that game. That's fair. I don't even want to talk about that game anymore. That's how much of a loser it was. Uh, how about for you, right, Alex? Take- Oh, Drew, oh. you have yours. Oh. Who's your I got, loser? I got, I got mine. Yeah. All right, my loser is a lot of people. It's anyone who had Nick Chubb on their fantasy lineup or took the Browns plus three and a half because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was uh, quite a bummer right there, watching him go all the way down, and then you have all your hopes. You're like, yeah, three and a half. We got the money, and then he just walks out of the one-yard line. It's a pretty good joke. So that is my loser. Yeah, he definitely could have gone down in bounds, but he even wanted to make it the bigger FU of walking walking out of bounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> we hear pro- football could, jokes. We appreciate it. You joke. could all, you could also throw Russell Wilson fantasy owners in that uh, category as well. Yeah, yeah that that was a rough game. Uh, my loser of the week is uh, Lamar Jackson's def- defenders because 
right now that I, I not that Lamar Jackson is like a bad quarterback, but like the fact that there are so many people that feel like they have to make excuses for him every week and just, you know, having him lose to this Patriots team that had really been struggling. Uh, the defense was like 31st in DVOA. So it has not been the same Patriots defense that they had last year. And Patriots the fact that they defense. could only put up 17 points against them in prime time, I think yeah, despite the, the late weather issues, I mean, there wasn't, the weather wasn't great the whole game. Plus there were some snapping issues. So that, <laughs> that was also an issue, but uh, the, I, I think that, is definitely something you know we have to watch because Lamar Jackson just hasn't been the same guy he was last year. Yeah, that's true. That's good. That's a good point. And as uh, <laughs> uh, Drew's announcement of God going against him, maybe uh, that'll switch and God will be for him, and uh, his defenders will have an easier time. But yeah, some losers from the week, some winners. Good, uh, good week of football. A couple things we want to hit before overreactions. We want to look at two of the uh, tight divisional races and what we think is going to happen using a little bit of our predictive knowledge here. First, looking at the NFC West. Uh, this one is uh, competitive because there are some good teams in it in contrast to the next division we'll look at. But let's start here with the NFC West. What do you make of this complex uh, divisional situation here, Alex? Yeah, uh, so I, Pep and I were just re-watching the Seahawks-Rams game last week, um, and I was ready to come in here and you know ask what's wrong with Russell Wilson because I think everybody saw that one interception through where he could have ran for like 10 yards at least and gotten the first down. And th- that was just a horrendous play by him. But really, I, th- I thought he played uh, – that was really his only bad play of the, of the day. I mean, not uh, obviously there were some plays he could have done better. He you know missed a couple of deep throws that I've seen Russell Wilson make, but they weren't easy plays by any means. Um, so I, I thought he actually played a pretty, pretty good game other than that one play. Um, the other interception he threw was just, just a good defensive play. Um, the fumble obviously wasn't his fault. It was a bad snap. Um, so I, I thought he played a pretty good game. I think he's fine. The Seahawks in general obviously have issues. Their defense is not good. Their offensive line is not great. Um, there, but, uh, but, you know, they should get Chris Carson back, uh, and the, the running game will probably improve then. Um, and I think their, their offense will be fine with Russ at the helm. And I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl, but I think they'd still be my division favorite. Interesting. Still sticking with the Seahawks here. Pep, what do you think? Do you agree with Alex's uh, analysis there, or do you have a different divisional winner? Yeah, I think it's always hard to bring up the Legion of Boom because, you know, they took us out in 2012 back when we were a different team name. But I think – you know, they're, they're missing an offensive line. They always have been. We've, we've known this for eight years. But then now they're missing a pass rush. They're missing, you know, they're missing their corners for that game. Uh, the Jamal Adams trade, I mean, they're lining them up like a linebacker. It's, I mean, I, I think a lot of players in this defense are being misused. And a lot of players are underperforming. And uh, I, I, you know... Russ has turned the ball over, but you just got to feel for the guy, right? Like it's, and, and this is a classic divisional matchup, right? Where, where the Rams will just, you know, get you one of those games. But if they meet each other in the playoffs, 
I definitely take the Seahawks. Uh, I'll eat my words if I say that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the Seahawks are a fun but frustrating team to watch, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean they they can do some extremely exciting things. I mean, I still remember the one play where TK Metcalf was screaming down the sidelines was. Well, had a good step on his defender and had a good chance for a big touchdown and didn't get the ball and was frustrated. Like, but you see how many times they make those plays and it's really fun and exciting. And uh, but they have another quarterback in this division that's making Russell Westbrook type plays. We already handed out at Kyler Murray, getting out of tackles, throwing a deep downfield. He got a big receiver, big time player, and Hopkins making plays. And the Cardinals are atop the division as we speak right now. And uh, I mean, I think they got a really good shot. The Cardinals do of of holding on to this division. Uh, I, if you go into again, who am I going to pick in the playoffs? Tough to pick against someone with the success of uh, Russell Wilson, but uh, I don't know. I think the Cardinals might have this division. Yeah, and I think it also comes down to I think the Rams need to win their games out so they can get that home field advantage. Not that it matters in these times, but I think they need to win this division. Yeah. Um, because you look at the Seahawks, you look at the Cardinals, and then – the Rams and the Rams are the best defense, uh, you know, sure. on on paper and how they've been playing. So I, the Rams really need to close this thing out before the Cardinals and Seahawks catch up to them because the Seahawks are a really big play team. And uh, just this Sunday, the Cardinals showed they can be a big play team too. So this is a really fun division to watch, in my opinion, and. Uh, I apologize to any 49ers fans listening to our podcast, but uh, your team is, uh, I think everybody's uh, dead. dead. Yeah, <laughs> and the funny thing is the dead 49ers probably still could take this next division we're going to talk about. Well, you didn't even let me talk. I didn't right, say let, we're let, getting let, to let that next division. All right, let me, let me, let me give my little take. I, I think the Rams are going to win. They have, like Pep said, the best defense in the league. They've only allowed 168 points all year, and the next team in the division is the Cardinals with like 210. So it's like 40. They allow they've allowed 40 more points a game, and like the Seahawks have allowed 266. And I think as we get into like colder weather and some of some like road games and stuff, I think the defense is gonna be the thing that really wins that division. I think like the Seattle and Arizona have like the firepower for sure to like crush teams but i think in the long run a defense is what's going to win you the most games in a season all right and i think i don't think the rams offense is that bad but it's it's not the it's probably the maybe the worst in the division the 49ers probably actually the worst but the 49ers have actually scored more points than the rams so i think i think they're just a better all-around team and i think that'll help them win in Jared Goff, drew trust bold choice my friend I, bold choice but they I, I think do it's have fair a solid to most complete team in the division like their their offense is solid at least they can run the ball uh even though they use the multitude of backs um you know jerry goff is obviously up and down but their defense is is legit like they they earned that performance against the seahawks it wasn't like i think more more credit should go to the rams defense than anything that the seahawks were struggling that they i feel like they really had one of the few games where a defense really, you know, shut down an opposing offense. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it is pretty impressive football in this division. Pretty impressive players and coaching. 
And now we will shift to the division that has very little of those things, and that is the NFC East to the other coast. We have a battle of people who don't want to win the division, but somebody, unfortunately, is going to end up doing it. Uh, and right, the, the leader right now might even be the Giants that seem like they're the ones improving the most, although the football team did have a strong showing, although couldn't get the, the win against the the far superior Lions team. But uh, this is y'all's division, Pep and uh, Alex. So why don't you guys take us away? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I was going to pick my next winner uh, instead of being Kirk Cousins. Uh, NFC East fans all around for the Giants making this thing close still by beating the Eagles. Um. It's tough to say. It's really tough to say because I am obviously a big Alex Smith fan. Um, but at the same time, you just don't know anymore. I mean, the Cowboys are done. They're they're done, son. Um, they they I, I, I just want to see one more Ben DiNucci performance, to be honest with you, because that <laughs> gave me a lot of entertainment. Don't think we're but, uh, we might see it again. I, I, but, doubt uh, it. I don't think Garrett, anybody's ever, ever given him a shot again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's going to be Garrett Gilbert's show. And uh, y- y- that's the thing is like you have Daniel Jones coming out running storming out of the gate for a touchdown right on a rushing touchdown and he's got the giants winning the football team just came back against the lions and that was a exciting game that shouldn't have been that exciting and jump you might punch me in the face after me saying that and then you just have the eagles that you don't know what they're doing like you you don't know what Hey, by the way, Alex, Alshon Jeffrey played. Me and Alex both celebrated that. Uh, yeah, he's alive. I didn't celebrate it. I mourned it because he's taken snaps away from Travis Fulgham. But, but like, it, for the Eagles, like, they can't even find a Jacoby Myers at wide receiver. So, I don't know where I'm going with this. The NFC East just makes my brain turn into mush. Well, let's, let's think about it. Let's just think about this uh, to put this in perspective for the NFC East. They are not uh, good on the road. They're not. They're not good at home. But on the road, collectively as a division, they are two and fifteen. Two and fifteen on the road this year. Uh, when apparently being on the road doesn't matter as much. It clearly matters when you're not good. Uh, and the uh, net points difference. The Dallas Cowboys have negative eighty six. Opponents have outscored them by eighty six points. The football team, it's 38 points they've been outscored by. The Giants, 41, uh, and the Eagles, uh, 29. They are all negative. No other division has uh, f- all teams in the negative, surprising like that, and net differential. The only other one with uh, three teams negative uh, would be the NFC North with the Bears and Vikings both at 18 and 11 and the Lions at uh, minus 40. But – uh, this NFC East team is is still wide open. The division leader has three wins. I mean, the 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 division only has two wins outside of the division. That all the other wins are just against each other. <laughs> like they, the win, the the Cowboys beat the 
Falcons on that crazy onside kick. And then the, the Eagles beat the 49ers on that in that Nick Mullins game where C.J. Beathard came in. So, so I'm looking at the schedule going forward it. for each of the teams. And like you guys were talking about, the only way they, like, the only games they're winning is in the division. Like, if we go to the Cowboys schedule, or the Giants schedule, they have the Bengals, but then they have the Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and then the Cowboys. So they might, like, the only games they can win are, like, the Bengals or the Cowboys. And then we go, like, the Washington football team. They play the Bengals. They can win that. They play the win. Cowboys. They might win. be able to win that. And then they play the Steelers, Niners, win. Seahawks, win. Panthers, win. Eagles. <laughs> oh, another win. And another win. Honestly, like, the Redskins schedule seems the easiest going forward. Like, with the Bengals, Cowboys, 49ers are kind of dead. Well, I guarantee the you Panthers the Redskins won't lose any games. Sorry. The football <laughs> team. The football team. And then the Eagles have, like, they have the Browns, Seahawks. Like, their schedule is, like, nightmarish. They have Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, and then they have the Cowboys in – the football team so i feel like the guys like whoever beats the Bengals and then wins the division game <laughs> like that's it like that's the only chance they have to win the division i think the eagles will take it just because they're ahead and then like imagine they just go like one and one in the division then they pretty much should have it <laughs> you know it's like kind of sick to think though drew is that i am looking forward to all of this like this, this is <laughs> unprecedented. Like, the division's so bad, so banged up. It's gonna be excellent. It's gonna be like incredible to watch. And I'm sorry to sound like Tony Romo. That's incredible, right there, Jim. That's incredible. Yeah, and you but, got someone's gonna win a division, and that really means that's gonna save jobs and all that kind of stuff. Someone's so, gonna get a home playoff game <laughs> in this division. It's incredible. We will be. The NFC East will be the division that changes the rules of football and why the playoffs work. <laughs> so, and I am proud to be a part of it. So the Ly- the Lions have more wins than anybody in your division, and we have a harder time to win our division than any of the four teams in your division. It's nuts. Absolutely. We just poop on the team. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, you I mean, just beat them last week. You don't need to rub it in. No, nah, I'm just saying. No, they. I'm saying they have an easier chance still after okay. losing of making the playoffs than the Lions do. Yes, they do, and uh, you know that that loss hurt. But uh, I think a wise man named uh, Jemp told me rub some dirt on it. Just gotta rub some dirt on it. Absolutely, that is the best reaction to have. But we also need to have some overreactions. Alex already had used one earlier in the pod, so I'm sure he has to uh, think of another one here soon. But does anyone have their overreaction from this week of football ready to go? Reed, go. I'll take place of the the unpaid intern real quick. All right, this is this is this is pretty much like the biggest overreaction I could ever give. All right. Patterson is the best kick returner the Bears have ever had, ever. His 105-yard <laughs> kick return is incredible. I don't think anyone in the franchise has anyone seen anything like it. It's just incredible. He'll go in the Hall of Fame for best kick returner of all time. I just spit my drink out. 
Yeah, that's just slanderous. We here at Pro Football Jokes like jokes. <laughs> Not we don't like these ridiculous statements. However, <laughs> I mean, if that's an overreaction, then I don't, I don't know what it is. You know what? I got to give it to you. You yeah. hit the category. You're insane, uh, but you hit the category. So good on you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another right, news, I, I do. I do have my overreaction. Another news: Drew has been fired from Pro Football Jokes for. He <laughs> fired the janitor. For about the fifteenth time, he's been fired. Yes, keeps coming back. I don't even work here. <laughs> <laughs> he's just some crazy guy who sneaks in and starts mopping up. <laughs> he does a terrible job. <laughs> I'm like, I work here, right? And you guys are like, uh, sure. I'm like, <laughs> he's using vinegar. Why vinegar? (laughs) Why? Just because I used vinegar doesn't mean I did a bad job. That's exactly what it means. All right. Well, we'll go to Alex's uh, overreaction. Alex, what you got for us? Uh, My overreaction that uh, there have been a lot of revenge games in the NFL this year, but the best revenge game so far this year goes to Devontae Booker scoring two touchdowns against his former team uh, this week. And, uh, you know, putting the Broncos away, making them really regret or get given them away for nothing. That's true. I'm sure they are staying up at night, and that is the missing piece that they have from their squad. I'll go and I'll leave uh, Pep's overreaction uh, for last. Save the best for last. Uh-oh. Uh, so my overreaction comes from the Lions. Uh, as as uh, always, got to go with this team. I fi- finally figured it out by witnessing another one of their games where at, at the start it looks like they might actually get a good clean win, uh, and then it ends up going all awry by giving up three quick touchdowns to the opposing team. Uh, I have realized that the Lions' new strategy, they realized they could never get rid of Matt Patricia. The, the players have done everything they could to get Matt Patricia out of there, uh, and the Fords want to stay so loyal to their coaches. They want to have that reputation of being loyal. They don't want to fire him so quickly. Uh, and so they can't get rid of him. But what they think they can do is cause him to have a heart attack on the field. So the Lions have decided to do everything they can, all the most ridiculous things possible, to see if they can get their coach to have a heart attack. Not kill him. They don't want to kill him. They don't want to do that. But they just want to get him in a place where they can bring another coach in without having to ruin their reputation of being loyal to their coaches. So that's what I see out of their play style. That is quite the conspiracy theory. I, I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it a conspiracy theory if it's true? They're at least trying to give their fans a heartbreak, or uh, excuse me, a heart attack. They've given us plenty of heartbreak. <laughs> it's just such a failure because I think heart attack is a dark way to go. I think you just take his pencils away from him. Well, we could follow every other team and just simply use those pencils to puncture his lung. Apparently that's what has, has worked out for <laughs> other teams. When When you don't want a quarterback or somebody in there, you just happen to find a way to – deflate one of their lungs and oopsie <laughs> it happens all the time good afternoon no i'm just kidding no heart attacks don't have a heart attack guys uh, remember to uh, go ahead and uh uh exercise eat well make some jokes drink some cokes you should be fine uh but pep we need your overreaction okay i got mine um I think the most impressive game of the week was Cleveland Browns 10, Houston Texans 7. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt combined for 230 rushing yards, and the score of this game was 10-7. to 7. How does that happen? 
<laughs> How in the world does that happen? I, I mean, it's good to see Nick Chubb back and back in his form, but good grief. That is incredible. 10 to 7? <laughs> Didn't think we'd see that in 2020 NFL. It was a weird weather game, though. Ties and no playoffs? <laughs> Why, do you do Why do you guys even do this? Yeah, no, that is nuts. That is some insane things. And everything in this world has gone crazy. But as as our uh, beginning of this episode, Scott Messina reminds us that Thanksgiving, it is the time of year. Uh, and so we want to practice some of that. It's a good gift that we are, are given, this opportunity to be thankful, to, to turn our eyes to what we do have, not what we don't have, and to be thankful and appreciate those around us. And so let, we're just going to do a little thanks uh, giving sort of segment here at the end of the pod and so i'll start us off with something that i'm thankful for i am thankful for of course uh my friends my colleagues here at profootballjokes.com the way that we're able to enjoy great football games even when our teams beat the other teams that we can still remain friends all the way through it and you know what we make some jokes we drink some cokes and uh i'm, I'm very thankful for all of that amen i think we're all thankful for uh for our pro football jokes and for football in general, uh, I think it's helping us get get through this this time of was just weird time. Uh, but I know we all love football and just making jokes and drinking cokes with each other. Uh, I'm thankful to all of you guys. It's always fun to do the podcast and pro football jokes for paying me my seven twenty five an hour minimum wage job. How I pay the bills. <laughs> And Wait, who's I'm, been giving you that much money? <laughs> uh, I've been stealing it from your bank account. <laughs> oh, okay. It's um, probably been from Mr. Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to be thankful to the – I don't know if I'd say this before, but I'm thankful to the league for getting uh, getting us football through these hard times. And it's it's always great to have something to look forward to every weekend, and I'm thankful for them. Yeah, I'm thankful for uh, all these guys playing through the season, even though they got to fly everywhere and uh, and spread COVID. But it's fine. Yeah, spread spread the COVID, <laughs> and uh, you know, some guys are out, some guys are in. Uh, a lot of injuries this year, so just appreciate everybody putting their body on the line for us to uh, make this. Uh, podcast a thing still in november why is yeah. it though? i'm also thankful to uh, kyler murray and alvin Kamara for saving my dynasty fan <laughs> oh alex alex can i add on to that sure uh i'm thankful to the bears defense they uh eked out a win for me in in my dynasty league and uh Getting somehow 10 points i was down 10 points and they put up 12 so Thank you to the Bears defense. I'm sorry that Tyler Bray will or Mitch Trubisky will be starting for you guys. It's it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. No, man, that's great. Great to be thankful and grateful for another pod here. Everybody, thank you for joining us this week on the Pro Football Jokes podcast. Be looking forward to some fun games this upcoming week and then into the great Thursday Thanksgiving festivities and all that from our Pro Football Jokes family. Thank you, guys, and have a good night. Reflecting on the years
Thanks, Scott. We'll see you know, sue us for using this. Thank you for licensing this, Scott Messina and Eric Scott being featured in the song. Thank you. We'll pay you the 50 cent royalty if you want. Just uh, send, send your message to uh, read the unpaid intern. He'll take care of you. <laughs> he is our legal partner. Up for a Bellini teeny. This does make me crave Bellini teeny. Hey Alexa, can you play that same song? One.